I want to read a couple of verses in your hearing tonight out of Judges chapter 7 and verse 3. And if you'll allow me to just kind of weave my way through this, uh, I am not coming tonight with what I believe to be uh, some earth-shattering revelation. But I have a word in my spirit that for days now, the Lord has not allowed me to get away from this. Brother Sturgeon behind me can tell you, I have tried to go many different directions, and it just, this is what has a hold of me tonight. And so, so just allow me to, to give you what I believe the Lord wants us to share tonight. Now, therefore, go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Don't you love it when the Lord says that? You got too much substance. There's just too much. You, you're, you're too prosperous. There's too many people around. And the Lord starts cutting it down. He said, the people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will, everybody say, try them there. And I will try them there. Amen. I, I want to talk to you for a little while from the subject, you're being tested. Everybody say, you're being tested. Now, this is what I know about a test. There is something beyond it that the Lord is trying to get us to. And we cannot get to it until we get through the testing. Now, sometimes it's long-term testing. And sometimes it's short-term testing. And then sometimes it's testing within the testing. And then another test. It's always a test. You're always, you're always being proven by the Lord. And so I want to talk about that here tonight. If you'd do me a favor and just, just make contact with somebody and would you, would you pray? Would you lift your voice? And I, I know how you, you know how to pray like an apostolic. Would you lift your voice and, and let God speak through you right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, we're praying for a miraculous touch here in this place. I pray, Lord, that you would walk us into uncharted territory here in this place tonight. We feel the supreme unction of the Holy Ghost in this place. And I release angels in this place. And I release apostolic power and apostolic anointing in this place. We call for warring angels and we call for messenger angels and we call for ministering angels to help us in this place tonight. Would you just lift your voice? Would you lift your voice and would you cry out to him? Would you cry out to him? And would you shout to God and give him praise right now? He is worthy. How many of you know that? That's it. Come on. Every hand clapping, every voice lifted. Give him praise in this place. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And you, you may be seated. Jacob is a very 
special character in the scripture. And we learn a lot from the stations of life that the Lord took Jacob through. Many of us think that some of the things that took place in his life took place at an early age. But it was, in fact, 40 years old. He was 40 years old when he received the blessing from his father Isaac. And it was at that age that Esau was enraged and desired to kill him. And so Jacob would embark upon a journey that would take him 20 years to come back from the direction that he, that he had gone from. And we read about the encounter that he had at Bethel with the vision that he saw the, the ladder, the dream, the ladder with the angels of the Lord ascending and descending and he said, how dreadful is, is this place, for this is none other but the house of God. And I knew, I knew it not. Don't, don't ever discount some of the seeming coincidental places that the Lord will take you to. Because you can find yourself in the middle of nowhere... And realize that this is an anointed place. That somebody has gone before me here. That there is something that the Lord is trying to reveal to me. Now let me, let me just say this here tonight. I, I, I feel a stretching in this place. I, I feel the Lord challenging us to just reach a little further than we've been reaching lately. And just kind of stretching out toward him. And letting the Lord transform us into something greater than we currently are. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? And so I'm asking you to just lean in toward the Lord a little bit here tonight. I'm asking you to just kind of take everything out of your mind that maybe has been in your mind for the last several weeks or several months. And say, hey, you know what? I appreciate where I've been and where I am at this moment. But I, I need a little something more. And I'm going to stretch toward him and... I'm going to let the Lord order my steps. How many of you know the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord? The Lord is, the Lord is ordering your steps. And so Jacob finds himself at Laban's house, and he is there to find a wife. And I, I won't go into all the details of um, the, the Rachel and Leah saga, but... This was 20, 20 years of deception from Laban toward Jacob. Now, Jacob was not used to that coming back to him. He, he, was, he, was, he was the clever little fox that was always kind of tricking everybody else. And, and now he is at Laban's house, and Laban promises him Rachel, and he gets to the wedding night, and then it's Leah. And so this is the start of a course in which God has Jacob on because he is testing him. And he is proving him. I, I don't like the test, but I appreciate the finished product. I, I don't like going through the stuff that I have to get to, go through to get to where God's taken me. But I sure love 
the other side of the test because on the other side of that is more understanding and more revelation and there's a new anointing and there's a fresh fire and a fresh desire. There's more ministry and there is more faith when the Lord is testing us. And so 20 years passes and I think about this and one of the things that I notice is that God could have stopped any of this at any time. God could have said, you know what, this is really not fair what's happening to you, Jacob. I'm going to intervene here. Isn't that, isn't that what we like the Lord to do? We just like the Lord to just step in and fix all of our stuff, and we don't want to be mistreated, and nobody can treat us wrong, and nobody's allowed to deceive us, and we're the people of God, and if they mistreat us, we're just going to go suck our thumbs somewhere, and we're going to quit, and we're going to go to pastor's office and say, man, this is not fair. I'm the child of God, and why am I going through this? But for 20 years, the Lord was testing Jacob, preparing him not to be a shepherd. He was already a shepherd. He was a shepherd when he was at home. He was a shepherd of Laban's flock. He was not preparing him to be a shepherd. He was preparing him to be a patriarch. And the Lord was trying to take him into a place. Can I just challenge somebody in this place tonight and tell you, don't you dare let your relationship with God go, grow stale and grow stagnant and get old. Don't you do it. I want more of him. I want more of him than I've ever had before. And so in order to get there, a lot of times I got to be mistreated and I got to, I got to go through the valley and I got to go through some dark times and I got to, I got to hide out in a cave every once in a while so that the Lord can weed some things out of me. God was trying to get Jacob out of Jacob. So that he could become the prince of Israel. So that the promise of God could be fulfilled. So that everything that God had promised to Abraham could be fulfilled. Jacob was an important character in the scripture. Almost half of the book of Genesis is about the life of Jacob. And so we study, we study these stations that Jacob went through. And so... A lot of times we, we have our projects. Now, I don't, y'all probably hadn't had a build, building project in a while. You've had this beautiful edifice that y'all built and everything's wonderful and everything's great. And some of you are trying to have projects of your own. Maybe you're trying to buy a new house or you're trying to, you're trying to finish this project. You're trying to achieve this goal. But when we look at this, we understand that Jacob, Jacob was trying to build a family, but God was trying to build a man. And God was trying to establish somebody that could lead a nation. Now, I want to tell you something. In 2013, our church, our church went through the trial of our history. We went through hell on earth. He knows about it. And I, it's too long of a story to tell you about. But we fought devils that we didn't even know existed. We went places in the spirit we didn't even know we could go. And the deeper we went, the madder the devil got. And somewhere in all of that, I got a word from the Lord for a, from a great apostle. If I called his name, you'd know his name. And he told me, he said, you're fighting three princes. You're fighting the prince of Louisville. You're fighting the prince of the Ohio River. And you're fighting the prince of Indiana. Well, I didn't know where the prince of Indiana was. But it wouldn't be until years later in 2013... 
that a prophet of God called me. And he said, you've been in my spirit and I've been praying for you. And I want to tell you that the Prince of Indiana is about to come down because you're not alone. Somebody's warring with you. I knew who it was. But I didn't know where the Prince of Indiana was. And so we got to talking and he asked me, he said, I don't know why I'm asking you this. But he said, have you ever heard of a little place called Chesterfield? I said, yeah, I've heard of it. (laughs) And I said, what about it? He said, I don't know why this just came up in my spirit. But he said, 20 years ago, I read an article that 90% of all psychic hotline phone calls come in and out of Chesterfield, Indiana. And he said, I've called to tell you that the Prince of Indiana is in Chesterfield and somebody is fighting with you. And I'm here to declare to you what you already know tonight, that the church won that battle. And it doesn't matter what they're doing over there. They don't have authority anymore. The people of God have authority over that. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him right now. Oh, does anybody feel like praising him in this place right now? Yeah. Yeah. And so here's what happens. You're not in a metro area. You're not in New York City. You're not in Los Angeles. You're not in Chicago. You're not in New Orleans. Here you are in Anderson, Indiana. But God has put an apostolic authority here in Anderson, Indiana to bring a break in the state of Indiana to release something in the atmosphere. I'm telling you, there's not a devil in hell that can stop us if we believe in what God is doing. If somebody would lean into him right now. Lean into him right now because there's a new anointing coming in this place tonight. Woo! Hallelujah! I wish somebody would praise him. Oh, I'm going to let you praise him. I'm going to let you praise him. Praise God. Praise God. Now, in order to accomplish his, his larger goal and larger vision, he's got to work on the individual. Now, he'll start right here. You think they don't ever go through anything. You think they don't ever go get discouraged. You think their family never comes under attack. It's only your family. You can't get to the church body without going through the head. And so God got to work on this, but then he'll work on this out in the pew. And he will test. The prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 6 and 29 said the bellows are burned, the lead is consumed of the fire, the founder melteth in vain. For the wicked are not plucked away. Reprobate silver shall men call them because the Lord hath rejected them. These were people in Israel that could not live through the fire. And because of that, they turned themselves over to idolatry. And they allowed themselves to be consumed with the the lustful things of the world 
They participated in all forms of debauchery because the Lord could not work on them. And so in this place tonight, we've got to open our spirit. We've got to have a heart that says, God, I'm not there yet. I'm not everything that you have called me to be. I'm not what you have created me to be yet. You're still testing me and you're still turning up the fire in my life. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's not the attack of the enemy. Sometimes it's the Lord just turning up the fire to burn out every form of unbelief, every bit of fear in us, every bit of turmoil in our spirit. And he will, he will smelt us. He will take us through the smelting process so that we can come forth as gold. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Malachi the prophet, chapter 3 and verse 2 said, but who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. Everybody say, cleanse me, Lord. Say, cleanse me, Lord. Say, purify me, Lord. Say, refine me, Lord. Amen. Get rid of my attitude. Get rid of my rebellious attitude. Get rid of my stubbornness. Get rid of my carnality. Get rid of my jealousy. God, you got to burn some things out of me so that I can do the will of God. I'm not afraid to be tested here tonight. The Lord is working for my good. The Bible said he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. He is a refiner. Those of you that found your place on the pew some time ago, maybe it was years ago, you found your spot. This is my spot. Don't anybody touch my spot on the pew. This is where I'm going to sit. I'll be here till Jesus comes. Bless God. Bless his holy name. I'm right here. Don't move me. Amen. And there we sit. And sometimes we can be that way in this pursuit of God. We can only go so far. And then all of a sudden we get too old and we get too experienced to be tested. But the Lord is working on his people. You think this trash that has gone on in the world the last couple of years, you think God didn't have something to do with it, and you think God is not using it to, to prove his people and to work things out of us, there's a line being drawn. There's a separation being happening in the church. There's something that's going on, and God is looking for people that can survive every test and say, I know that the Lord is working for my good, and I'm going to stay in the fire until I'm burned the way the Lord wants to burn me. Well, oh, won't you clap your hands again unto the Lord? Ten... Ten is the number of testing in Scripture. It's the number of law, but it's the number of testing. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Everybody say ten. Job was about to be tested 
to the limit. When you read about the story of Boaz, Boaz finalized his redemption transaction with Ruth in front of ten elders. Ten is the number of testing. In Genesis chapter 31, when it talks about Jacob, Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field unto his flock and said unto him, I see your father's countenance that it is not toward me as before, but the God of my father had been with me. And you know that with all my power I have served your father. Listen. And your father hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times. Ten is the number of testing. Stay with me for a little bit here. Because if you don't get the tenth right, nothing else is going to be right. Ten is the number of testing. Stay with me. In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 11, my son despiseth, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. How many believe the Lord loveth you? He loves you. He's going to chasten you. He's going to work on you. He doesn't want you to be the same saint you were last year. He don't want you to pray like you did two years ago. He don't want you to act the way you did during the pandemic. He wants to do something with you that will change a community and affect a nation and affect a city and affect a state. This is the last hour of the church and God's got to have a church that's willing to be tested. Passover was on the 10th day of the first month. It's when the Passover lamb became the substitutionary sacrifice for the sinner. Twelve spies went out to spy out the land, but ten failed to believe. Ten failed the test. There were ten days of repentance in the Feast of Tabernacles. Daniel's fast was ten days and it made him ten times fairer and fatter than those in the kingdom. There were ten generations that passed from Adam to Noah. Everybody say ten. Nebuchadnezzar had a vision of a statue that had ten toes. It's the hour that we're living in. It's the final king that's going to rise. It's the ten-toned, ten-horned kingdom of Revelation and the book of Daniel. There were ten virgins. Five passed the test, but five failed the test, and they didn't have enough oil in their lamp to be saved. Everybody say ten. There were ten lepers that came to Jesus, and Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, and they were healed as they went. But a tithe came back to Jesus and worshiped him. You have to get the tenth in your life right. And God's going to work on you till you get it right. God is going to test you till you get it right. He'll test your marriage. He'll test your career path. 
He will test your prayer life. He will test your spirit. He will test your motives. And if you can sustain the test, and if you can stay in the fire long enough, there's gold that's coming out of you. There is refined silver that's coming out of you. You're going to pray like you've never prayed before. And you're going to preach like you've never preached before. And you're going to have more spiritual authority than you've ever had before. Because he is the God of the tenth. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Come on, give him praise tonight. Ten is made up of the numbers four and six. Four is the number of creation. Man, six is the number of man. Creation and man have to be tested. Ten is the number of testing. Now the Bible goes on to tell us that there were ten plagues. That brought judgment upon Egypt. There were ten commandments that formed the basis of the moral code of God's people and their relationship with Him. David or Jacob had his wages changed ten times. Now, when you look at all that and you say, Well, I can stand the test, but I know people that can't even pay their tithe. The testing starts with the tithe of your life. And God said, if I can't get the tithe, I can't remove the curse. But if I can get the tithe, I can release the blessing. If I can get the tithe of your life. Now, don't mistake me for thinking that I'm talking about money here tonight. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the tithe of your time. I'm talking about the tithe of your prayer life. I'm talking about the very best. It's not just a tenth. It is the first tenth. You don't give God second. He can't be second. He is preeminent over all things. Before him, there was no other. He was before all things, and there shall be nothing after him. There is no beginning, and there is no end of him. He cannot be second in anything. And so when we put him second in our life, we struggle to come to the house of the Lord. I know y'all don't have that here. We struggle. I'm just a little tired tonight. My schedule's just a little too busy. I don't think I can, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can make prayer meeting tonight. I don't think, God, I need all this stuff, but I can't put you first. I'm too busy for that. I got a bunch of other stuff that comes. I know I'm not talking to anybody here, but just please hear me out. Because there's a time when the old flesh gets a hold of you. And it tells you that just a little prayer is enough. Just a little talk with Jesus is okay. Just sit around in your spare time and just mumble a few words. No, not on your life. If I'm going to pray, I'm going to give him my best prayer. I'm not going to give him a sleepy prayer. I'm not going to give him a sleepy tithe. I'm not going to give him a sleepy worship. I'm not going to give him a sleepy praise. When you come to the house of the Lord, your best praise ought to come out of your mouth. Let the high praises of God be upon your lips and a sharp two-edged sword. In your hand, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord and give him your best praise. Now the scripture, the scripture gives us 
a strong principle in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 18. When it says, all that openeth the matrix is mine. And every firstling among thy cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is male. Everybody say, it's his. But the firstling of an ass, thou shalt redeem with a lamb. It was not clean enough to give it to the Lord. But you had to redeem it. And he said, if you redeem him not, then shalt thou break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. Here's what we need to understand about the Lord. When he requires something of us, he's going to get it one way or the other. You're either going to give it to him, you're going to redeem it, or you're going to have to break its neck. You're going to lose it. Well, I can't afford to pay my tithes. Well, can you afford to repair the car when it breaks down? When the Lord was, was not going to let it break down, but you didn't pay your tithe, and you didn't give him the tithe of your life. Everything started breaking down. Can I just tell you, everything in your life falls apart when you don't give God the first 10% of your life. Am I preaching to anybody here tonight? I'm preaching to a church right now that's being tested by God because the victory and the authority and the power that he's given you is only the beginning. We think that all of this happened when Jacob was young, but Jacob did not wrestle with the angel until he was 60 years old. And so I'm speaking to some middle-aged people here tonight. I'm speaking to some seniors in this place tonight. Are you still willing to let something divine wrestle something out of you so that he can change you into another man or another woman? In Genesis 32, the Bible said he's coming back. He's been traveling for days. Laban chases him for seven days. He catches up with him, and they finally agree. They finally agree. All right, we're going to let you go. I just wanted to say goodbye to my daughters. And they part ways. Jacob continues on his journey. He is going to meet Esau. But before he does, before he meets his adversary, something happens. And we overlook what it says in verse 1 of Genesis 32. Because it says, just when he got to Gilead, which is where Gideon was, just when he got to that place, a company of angels met him there. They said, welcome, Jacob. We're here to usher you into your destiny. You've been tested for the last 20 years. You've been deceived by Laban for the last... My God, I feel my help right now. You've been deceived by Laban for the last 20 years. And we've been waiting on you to make the journey back this direction. And we have come because the closer you get to your destiny, the more of the presence and the power and the angels of the Lord are going to surround you. And here's this company of angels. And just keep reading. And you get down to verse 24. And they wrestled with him, a man. I don't believe that man came from nowhere. I believe he come right out of that company of angels that was with him in verse 1 of the same chapters. One of those angels, my God have mercy. 
Are we, are we hungry enough for God that we can allow an angel from heaven to get a hold of us on a Sunday night service and you say to God, whatever you got to work out of me, whatever you got to purge out of me, whatever you got to burn out of me, I am going to wrestle until I get a name change and until something notable happens in my life. I'm hungry for a new and fresh anointing why don't you lift your hands right now come on why don't you lift your hands right now you be seated for just a moment Jesus was God's tithe. It was God's tithe. And God gave his tithe without any promise that anybody would ever receive him. He came into his own. They wouldn't receive him. There was no promise that anybody would ever receive him. But when we pay our tithes, we're expecting something. Oh, we're going to get upset about it. But I'm going to tell you something about God. You're not going to out-tithe him. I'll make you a promise tonight. If you will give God the tithe of your prayer time. And the tithe of your day. And the tithe of your time. And the tithe of the tithe. And if you will pay God what belongs to him. You're going to get the anointing of God's tithe. And that's the anointing of Jesus Christ. But you can't get it. You can't get it. If you're just going to stay at Laban's house. I'm happy with my blessing. That I got 20 years ago. I tricked old Esau, and I can handle it where I am. I'm okay at Laban's house, but sooner or later, there's got to be something in you that says, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to take the journey. I'm going back to where I hear the call coming from. I'm going back to my promise. I'm going back. I've been a shepherd all these years. But I'm willing to be made a patriarch. If that's what God wants, uh, there's something that comes out of you when you're willing to survive the test. Twelve sons came out of him. Government came out of him. The government shall be upon your shoulders. That's what God's doing with your pastor right now. He's already had authority. But there's government coming on these shoulders right now. I feel it, the Holy Ghost. There's government coming to this church. There is answered prayers coming to this church. I feel it, the Holy Ghost right now. There is a new authority that is coming to this church. But watch out. Because everybody that went with Gideon toward the battle didn't get to be a part of the war. God said there's too many. And so in this place tonight, I hope that God doesn't have to look at this place and say there's too many for me to do what I'm about to do. 
I'm going to have to shave some things off. I'm going to have to cut some things away. I pray to God that's not the case. But if all he has is 300, then that's what God will use to bring the victory to this state, to this region, to this city. I believe that God can shake a nation from Anderson, Indiana. I wonder if anybody believe me here tonight that you don't want to give God a casual praise. You'll say, you know what? I'm going to stay in the fire. I'm going to let God work on me until that power comes in my life. I'm preaching to somebody here in this place right now that government is coming to this place. Come on, praise him. 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 Come on, praise him right now. With lifted hands. With lifted hands and open heart, open spirit. Everybody's not going to get this. But he's going to take some of you down to the river to try you. He's going to take some of you down to the place that precedes the next battle in order to try you. I'm here to tell you tonight you're being tested. Don't be afraid of the test. Don't be afraid of the refining. Would you lift your voice right now? Would you, would you talk to him? I want you to tell the Lord I want to be part of it. I want to be part of that number. I want the Lord to do something in me here tonight. Shetekeya yeah, come on. Come on, I want, your, I want your words to fill the room here tonight. I need some elders. I need some seniors that know how to get a hold of God in this place. I need some people that will say, you know what? It doesn't matter what path that my life has taken to this point. I am going back toward my destiny. I'm approaching my destiny. There's going to be a company of angels that's going to meet some of you in this place here tonight. And the Lord is going to cause you to wrestle with something. He's going to wrestle some things out of you. Come on, the Holy Ghost is waiting. The Holy Ghost is waiting. I want you to tell the Lord I'm not afraid right now. I'm going to stay in it. I want you, Lord God, to purge things out of me here tonight. I want you to move things out of my life. I want you to sift some things out of my life. Uh, in the name of Jesus, God is working uh, to try to elevate some people in this sanctuary here tonight to move you beyond tradition into a realm of apostolic power. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, 
Would you cry out to the Lord? And would you tell him, God, I'm going to give you the tithe of every area of my life. I'm going to put you first in every area of my life. I'm not, this is not going to be casual for me. This is not just going to be a hobby for me. I'm not going to come to church and be a fixture in the house of the Lord. I'm going to be an intercessor. I'm going to be a warrior. I'm going to be a prophetic man or woman of God. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name, oh God. Come on, the Holy Ghost is beckoning. The Holy Ghost is bidding, bidding somebody to come and make their way to the front with an open heart and an open mind to say, we need, we need this. We need a breakthrough. We need the next dimension. We need to go to the next place. We're not satisfied with yesterday's victories. There is something that is lying ahead of us here in the sanctuary here tonight. Come on, the power of God is here. The angels of the Lord are here. Would you cry out to him? 